This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's up, guys, and happy spring turkey, wherever you are, if that's your thing. Welcome to the 19th episode of Woods and Waters Project. I'm your host, Steph Busenbark. Through the podcast and networking, I have noticed a really cool correlation between outdoorsmen and creative outlets. Hunters, anglers, and woodsmen alike finding ways to capture and share their experiences through photography, podcasts, video, and writing. We all see things through a different lens and not one of us go through life the same way, but it can be pretty intimidating still to put our work out there. Our guest is writer Edgar Castillo. Edgar shares stories about wandering Kansas public lands, hunting open fields, walking tree lines, and busting through plum thickets in search of wild birds. Right away, we catch up briefly on his recovery from a leg injury and our quarantine life. Then we jump into hunting stories, his writing, and an unexpected story of coming to the state and falling in love with upland birds. Thanks for being here. Let's get into it. This is Steph. How are you? Oh, pretty good. How are you doing? Good. Are you feeling all right? Uh, yeah. I just, I was uh, just kind of moving around with my routine in the morning, and uh, I, if I don't keep my leg elevated, it starts hurting. But you know, it's I can't wait till this is over. I can't stand this. This is going. It's driving me crazy. Yeah, I bet. 
I bet. <laughs> like, for sure. What a weird time, too. Like, I I mean, I guess it kind of forces you to stay at home and heal, though, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, I mean, obviously, with what I do, it's, I'm just out of the loop on everything. I hate that. And I'm just one of those guys I've, you know, like, I mean, I retire in 10, mon- 10 months, but uh, I want to be out there doing what I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm good at, and uh, being at home, you know, I guess it's, you know, it's got its blessings, obviously, my my daughters are home, safe, and my, you know, my wife is, we're all here together, but uh, I, I, I gotta be outdoors and outside and, and running around doing stuff, but uh, hopefully everything uh, turns out, I'm doing exactly what the doctor and the surgeon said so hopefully around mid to late may i'll be uh, walking around and trying to get in a little bit of last week or two of turkey season but we'll see what happens yeah yeah turkey is my favorite so i'm like very excited about it but i was hoping to go out of state go a couple places this year and i don't i think it's going to be okay by then but i don't know what that's going to look like if i'll even be able to go anywhere yeah the just yesterday, the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks just uh, issued a statement. Um, I didn't read it, but uh, buddies of mine pretty much said that, you know, it, the turkey season is is going to be open or opening soon. And, you know, just uh, uh, just take precautions. So it sounds like uh, as far as pe- for people getting outdoors and, and chasing uh, turkeys, we'll, they'll, be able, they'll be able to do that. But I have yet to shoot one even though i i've tried for four years i'm, I'm not a good turkey hunter so <laughs> I'll, I'll keep i'll keep on i'll keep on trying but <laughs> but you're uh it seemed to be a, a dang good upland hunter though uh no i'm not i'm actually not a very good upland bird hunter. i just i just i i just know how to get into the birds uh uh i i i, I get a couple of birds here and there in my in my bird bag but uh no, by no means I am not a very good upland bird hunter. I just, <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Yeah. Well, I it was really excited to connect with you further because I've only really had Instagram a couple years, really, and started it for my bird dog at the time. And I think you're one of the first, like, accounts I remember, like, interacting back and forth with regarding, like, bird dogs and upland hunting. So uh-huh. it was cool to like finally connect with you as a person and to get you on the podcast. So I really appreciate you taking the time. And oh, no, no, I, I thank you. I appreciate uh, uh, giving me the opportunity. And uh, um, I, I don't know how long you've been on Instagram, but I've, I've only been on it for it's just been four years, just a tad bit over four years. And it was not by, by my doing it. It was more my daughters. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, maybe we could talk about that on the, on the podcast, but yeah, it's, it's opened up a, a whole new world and I've met so many interesting people, you know, and able to connect and, you know, uh, just like any other job, uh, networking, uh, and I found the open community just to be, open and warm and inviting and just helpful in, in every aspect so yeah it's 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 been pretty cool yeah i agree 
And I'm already recording too. So I started recording this. Oh. I, I edit some of it okay. out in the beginning too. But, oh, that's um, fine. <laughs> uh, I couldn't agree more. I've shared this before, uh, you know, my path to the podcast and my, I've always been a hunter. I've always been into the outdoors, but I did have a couple year, like it felt like a hiatus where I just worked myself to death and I wasn't doing anything that I loved and I got really miserable. So then I threw myself back in like really hardcore. And one of the things that I did was join Pheasants Forever in my local area and get really involved with that to just, to just learn and network. And that community like took care of me and takes care of me in so many ways. I I can't even explain. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I kind of went through the same, um, uh, uh, lack of maybe not being so involved or, um, uh, interested in, in upland hunting, um, for me, it was just right after after college and right when I joined the Marine Corps. You know, I I was you know eighteen, nineteen years old, and and as a young man, things my priority were um, they were a little bit different. You know, girls, cars, and friends in, in a different order um, came first, and going out bird hunting with my dad was just not something that was really of interest to me but when i came back from my first deployment it was just i don't know it just hit me and i got back into it and um obviously with my career it's very demanding and but probably the last six seven years um as i closing in on retirement it's i don't know it's it's changed a lot for me especially the now that I'm doing the writing and more involved with my own chapter here, being on the board, it's just, uh, it's just opened up so many opportunities and, and, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of avenues, you know, for me to, to do what I do and what I love to do. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I can definitely relate to that. It, it's just really incredible. You know, there's always, uh, there can always be negativity in these things, but overall, like the hunting and outdoor community and different organizations that I've connected with or just people through the podcast, it's like come back tenfold as far as opportunities to do things or learn things or connect with other people, uh, do, do cool, like go on cool hunts, stuff like that. It just, it, it just comes back around every time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I agree. I said, uh, you know, I just, I just, returned from a trip from Arizona and it was all through just meeting people on social media, uh, complete strangers, yeah. you know, just sharing the same passion and, you know, and now, you know, we've only known each other for a couple of months, but we're, you know, uh, texting and emailing and, yeah. and hopefully coming back, you know, uh, for another trip, uh, another round of, of chasing, you know, desert quail, maybe this next year, but, uh, yeah, that, that would have never have happened if, you know, um, if it wasn't for social media or just, you know, people just being, um, wanting to be helpful, um, with, you know, with complete strangers. 100%. Yeah. It's, it can be a little, uh, I guess, I don't know, scary is the right word or like unnerving yes. to just connect with people so fast on social media and not really know anything about them. Like really? But overall, it's been a really positive experience. Yeah, I, 
Yeah, I agree with you, especially with me. I mean, I'm I'm sure maybe everyone is um, cautious, but me for so just like I said because of what I do, I'm just very cautious about every about every single thing and everyone and and um, but I have really found um, as far as the upland community, I don't know about if turkey hunting or deer hunting or waterfowl, but the upland community is just so helpful. Um, you know, if, if I was looking to go to another state or wanting to hunt a certain bird, I could put something out. Not, not necessarily one, you know, specific spots, you know, people, special places, but just people just being so helpful. And, and that's how it was in Arizona. We went down there not knowing anyone and, you know, within hours on the ground of landing, um, we had met someone and three days later, you know, we were just running around all over the state, getting into birds. And, and like I said, it, we ended up just hitting it off so quick. And like I said, now it just seems like we're, we've been lifelong friends. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I, I, I've had positive experiences in the other like groups like waterfowl, uh, deer hunting, turkey hunting overall, but there is this sense of there's definitely a huge sense of community with upland and conservation like is really a conversation all the time i feel like and i love that and it's a lot of people helping each other out the the forums that i follow that are related to bird hunting always seem to be more positive and optimistic than even some groups sometimes not that it's you know better or worse i just i just see a lot more of that uh i definitely agree yeah, I was going to say, uh, it always, what I found, whether, like I said, last year I, I met uh, a gentleman, Dave Mayers, down in uh, southern Missouri, which is not too far from here in the Kansas City metro area. Uh, we met, you know, over Instagram, and we went down there, and he got us on to Woodcock, and it, it all, the conversation as we were walking and hunting always, you know, uh, revolved back around to like you said, conservation and the importance of it and habitat and, and especially hunting new species of bird, you know, learning about that, that, that specific type of, uh, uh, of bird and what their needs and wants are, and what, what's important to them, as opposed to what I know, you know, pheasants, bobwhite quail, perch chickens, you know, and like turkeys and even waterfowl. It's just, it, it just seems to me that every time I, I meet someone new, uh, I'm learning um, a different aspect uh, as far as the conservation and how it how it evolves and how it you know pinpoints to that specific species that I'm 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 hunting or want to hunt. Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a cool thing, and and that's like when. I appreciate it. I can't even remember our first like conversations a little bit on social media because it, it has been over like a year time frame of just like little things. But you, you definitely, for me, like why I reached out to you, it just through social media, what inspires me is I, I really enjoy writing and I really enjoy hunting as you know, both of those things. And so to see what you share in like a very positive and informative light and the pictures are always really great and it's just it it puts me in a good feel space 
you know, and it's always informative stuff. Like I know you've, you write a, a lot about like choosing equipment and safety and the bird behavior and public land and habitat. And those are all things that are really exciting to me. And also I would love to really start putting more time into writing. And so it's just like inspiring to me to see you it's kind of like there's a little piece of your life that I'm like, oh, I want that. Like, it's just, it's super inspiring to me. And that was part of me wanting to connect and, and talk to you because I think there, I have found the last year a lot of outdoorsmen that are really not just out to like kill something, have this like deeper creative side. I know a lot of writers and photographers and podcasters and video creators and I just think speaking to both of those sides is really neat. Well, yeah. Well, thank you uh, for the kind words on uh, <laughs> as far as writing. But uh, uh, you know, it, I've been doing it for uh, just a little bit over two years, and it's it is still a whole brand new ball game for me. I'm learning every day um, um, as I go along as I ride and. To be honest, I am, you know, I, I think probably maybe most uh, writers, I mean, there could be a, a couple out there that, that, you know, they went to school um, training, educational-wise, their background is writing. But for me, I am not a writer nor a photographer. It's It all happened just kind of by accident. I was asked to uh, to write uh, a piece on uh, on you know, upland hunting and just from there it just kind of spiraled and and i was able to connect with uh, aj and those guys from project upland and um and i've been very fortunate to write for them since then and and uh, and i told aj at the very beginning that you know i did not want to be labeled as an expert because i i am not an expert uh, bird hunter in any way and, and like I said, I I'm not a, I'm not even a good bird hunter, and I and I'll be the first <laughs> to admit that. And uh, and I wanted to be clear that when I when I do write, um, er, everything that I write on is my opinion, the way I hunt, or the way that I was taught to hunt by my father. You know, it, it if I write an article on 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 tactics or, or tips on how to hunt pheasants, you know, those are, those are ideas uh, and concepts that was passed down onto me from my father. And if it works for someone that reads it, that's great. And if it doesn't, you know, I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, that, I just don't, I don't, I just try to, to be honest in everything that I write, you know, and, and that it's, you know, those are my ways. And if it, if it helps someone get into, get into birds or experience, uh, something positive, and that's great. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Like a conversation I have often about what I'm trying to portray is I am an okay mediocre hunter at best, and <laughs> I I really want to educate and encourage people from a place of but but being honest about how much I don't know and I'm just I'm just kind of stumbling my way through my experiences and like trying to take people with me so to, to show them that it's okay to not be the expert in something and and to learn alongside of me and I just really respect that because there are and not that they're not experts now but there are just a lot of people out there uh, portraying 
that they are the expert when you probably know they're not and it gives this false expectation especially with hunting as a whole and us trying to protect it and conservation we want to we want to grow we want to grow that because it's stagnant right now or declining in some areas and i think if we always put this pressure to be an expert or perfect it's really going to shy people away from being involved so i I value that a lot. Like you saying, you're not the expert and just sharing from your own experiences. Like that, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think, uh, I think we as, as hunters and, and not only just specifically bird hunters, but all hunters, no matter what you're, what kind of game you're pursuing that, um, I think it's our job and it's an, uh, very important. Like you, like you stated that, the decline in, in the numbers in hunting, you know, has, has dropped or is dropping. Um, and I don't know at what rate, but, you know, there you have all these organizations talking about, you know, hunter retention and mentoring new hunters. And, and I, I try to do that. Uh, my, my dad instilled that in me. I, and I don't, I don't remember how it started, but uh, I just got back from the Marine Corps and uh, my dad and I, you know, we would go out bird hunting and he, for some reason, he just started, we all, always started to bring in someone new, whether yeah. they were a brand new bird hunter or never, um, maybe they were a turkey hunter, but just never, you know, just hunted birds or, you know, they just uh, never was into the outdoors. And that just something that stayed with me. And I, I try to, I, I do do that um, a couple times a year and, there was a little bit of pressure on me because I, you know, you never know what the mentality is of that person. You know, if they expect, you know, there's going to be um, excitement and birds and game every single time you step into the field. And, and I try to convey that, you know, that's what hunting is. You know, you may not see anything or you may not get into any kind of uh, activity. Uh, and that's, you know, that's that's part of it but there are other aspects you know the you know walking you know early in the morning watching the sunrise and hearing you know the birds and and, and seeing all all the other things that are around you know there there are other things that that are going to be enjoyable as you're out you know walking um and done and doesn't matter what type of hunting but i i put a lot of pressure on myself you know, I, I do want them to experience a flush of, of a covey of, of, of quail or, you know, a, a rooster or two cockling at, at their feet. And, and then, you know, for them to feel, you know, the heft of that weight in their in their bag or then, you know, being able to hold a bird. But uh, but at the end of the day, if it doesn't happen, I just hope that the experience has been positive enough for them to say, you know what, I, I think I could I could do this. I think I I think I like this. And then for them to you know, for them to pursue it on their own or come back out, you know, again with me or, or, or someone else. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Edgar, I apologize too. We just like got right into conversation, but could you do like a, a brief introduction of who you are and a little bit about you? Oh yeah. Um, well, um, my name is Edgar Castillo. Um, I, uh, live here in the Kansas City metro area. Um, I was actually born in uh, Central America in the, in the country of Guatemala. I came here as a, as a 
as a young boy. Um, I, I wish I could say um, the exact reason why my, my family chose Kansas. I, I really think uh, the joke is that I think my grandfather just took a dart and just kind of aimed it at the map and it landed in Kansas because most, uh, as far as like uh, uh, Latino Americans, that, that you know, they'll, they'll go to Chicago, Miami, New York, California. Uh, we ended up in Kansas, and I'm I'm so glad that we did, um, and uh, because it obviously um, instilled or you know it it planted the the bug for me as far as the outdoors um, and for my father. Um, that's pretty pretty much it. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know a lot of that. And I was wondering how your start in Upland and in the outdoors, you know, got started. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, so when we, we came, you know, when we came to Kansas, um, my dad has, has told stories that when he was um, growing up, he would, him and his friends, they would go and hike in the jungle. Um, and, Back then, you know, uh, Guatemala does not have uh, any, or at the time did not have any conservation um, rules and regulations and laws. So there was a lot of, um, a lot of people would just hunt and, you know, just kill. Uh, there was no limits on anything. So his, his hunting was um, more, um, like for like deer, uh, we have a small deer there and like a, a, a type of turkey. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much the extent of it. He comes here and our neighbor, Tom, um, asked my dad if he wanted to go out. And I don't know, someone shot a deer, but my dad quickly discovered that he was allergic to venison meat. Oh. And he got sick. And so therefore his life as a deer hunter was very short lived and then he went in transitioned into becoming a bird hunter and a duck hunter and you know uh, a young impressionable boy wanting to follow in his father's footsteps you know I started tagging along and and you know I became a bird hunter and that's you know that's all I've that's all I've known you know I think if he would have turkey hunted or, or deer hunted or you know got into big game you know i probably would have done the same thing but you know i wanted to be like my dad and wanted to go with him so i just that's all i knew you know he he, he ended up chasing birds because you know he couldn't he couldn't eat the meat from uh you know from deer so yeah that's and 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 that's a. Uh... I feel silly saying this, and that's still a thing, right? Like you can't eat venison of any kind now. Uh, I don't. You know, we were talking about this around Christmas time. Uh, I asked him, and my mom said that he he he's at, he has eaten it since then, and it hasn't. Uh, he hadn't reacted as bad as he did um, when he first ate it, yeah. um, but. I, I know from the stories that I think it was like, a, you know, it was a couple of times. It wasn't like he ate it and maybe it wasn't cooked or, or fixed right. It was, you know, he, someone shot it or someone did and he ate it. 
he got sick. He tried it again, continued being sick. And he, I, I don't know how they discovered, but he ended up finding out that he was allergic to it. So he just, you know, he just never gotten into deer hunting. Or, and, and as far as I know, he doesn't need deer because if, if anyone is bringing it, you know, it'd be me and I don't deer hunt or it'd be, you know, someone giving it to him. But uh, so. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. I've never heard of that before. But that would be a good reason not to be deer hunting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so is that why, like, Upland, like, that transition into that? Is that part of it? Uh, yeah, yeah. And our neighbor, Tom, was also a, a bird hunter. Uh, I think he was more of a, an avid uh, uh, duck hunter, but he did um, Upland bird hunt, and uh, he had invited my dad um to go pheasant hunting and uh so that's what that's what they would do and then uh i uh, if i remember right uh one of my um we eventually ha- had a little bit more family members um immigrate to kansas um and then um one of my cousins um um got into bird hunting and they would go out to western kansas and hunt pheasant and i remember you know, just wanted to go with him, but I wasn't old enough, uh, or at the time just because of school. And I just remember, you know, him leaving early in the morning and then he'd be gone for three or four days. And then I, he'd come back with, uh, tail feathers and, you know, Polaroid pictures back then of, uh, you know, uh, uh, of a pile of, of, of roosters. And I just, I always wanted to tag along with him. And, and then, you know, eventually he, as I got older, I would, uh, you know, we would small game hunt rabbit and squirrel. And then that morphed into going with him, pheasant hunting. And, and like I said, and then there was that hiatus of where, priorities change and then i stopped for several years until i like i said until i came back from the marine corps and then i that was one of the first things we did um in the fall when i came back we went on a hunt and then after that it, like i said it was just just kind of it was just ingrained in me and, and i've done it every year if if i've been able to if i wasn't you know deployed or, or something like that or working i've always tried to go out a couple times yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna just ask you, when did you realize you were hooked on it? Oh, that, that first time I went with my dad. Uh, we it was a it was a one day hunt, and uh, the way he hunted, uh, we we we've always hunted public land. That's just something that we've we both done. My dad. That's all. You know. That's all my dad knows. Um, that's what he had access to when he first started and so that's you know that's the way he taught me but he would drive the back roads of, of public land or public access and watch for birds you know especially quail running across the road and i just remember seeing a couple of birds dart across um in front of us we parked the truck and climb out and and we would hunt the walk-in hunting area um access program that Kansas has and I remember uh, I thought that I was going to get into some Bob White and ended up shooting a restaurant and at that moment I remember 
I, I knew that there was going to be that I was going to be doing this for the rest of my life, and and just every year it just seems like it it, it grew from there. And like I said, it, especially the last probably the seven eight years, I think it's just it's changed. I'm just as passionate, maybe more so, but it, it's changed for me is why I do it, and and the little things are are just as important as, you know, hunting. I, the companionship, my friends, the dogs, just being outdoors, is it's just now, it's, it's just changed into that now. Yeah. Yeah, and the writing portion of what you, you do, so you were telling me earlier that that is a relatively newer thing, right? Yeah, yeah I'd say maybe two years, if at that. Yeah. And you obviously enjoy it. You can t- you can tell that you enjoy it. Uh, at least it seems like that to me. Why, I, I do. Yeah. Why do you think why do you think that is and like, and why do you think that's so important? I I I enjoy helping people. I like showing people or try to trying to show people why I am so passionate about upland bird hunting. It also allows me that when the season ends, you know, for me, it'd be January 31st here in Kansas, that the next day I'm able to still experience upland hunting in the form of riding. Yeah. Uh, So I'm doing that during the off season, I'm, I'm recalling if, if I'm writing the story, um, recalling, you know, a past hunt or something that I did, you know, the previous season or, you know, from years ago from my father or trying to pass on some information that I learned, uh, or how I hunt, um, to people, uh, that are able to read it. So for me, it's like this, the season is, is a uh, is year round. It, it continues for me, and and I'm able to to write about that. And like I said, hopefully, someone that does read it finds a, something of value in it, or uh, something that they could use. And that I that's what I that's what I really like about that. Yeah. Oh, I love how you said that too. That kind of answers questions for me even like about myself because what you were saying when the season ends and you get to relive it that's I love that I think that has so much to do with some of those creative people I was talking about that love hunting and like doing what they do I'm sure for a lot of them on a deeper level that's exactly what it is you can keep reliving the things that you love so much even when the season's over I I I love that yeah and and it's probably Probably within the last year, I've now discovered that, and I don't know what, I don't know why I've had a couple people reach out to me saying, Hey, I'm interested about writing. Um, can you help me out? And, and again, I'm like, well, first I said, I'm not, I'm not a good bird hunter. Now you're, now someone's asking me, um, for, some information on writing and I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't think I'm a good writer. I'm just, I, I tried to write down the words 
you know, that I'm thinking of. And hopefully it comes across that, you know, it's understandable. And, and now I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to mentor a couple of people and at least push them in the right direction, or at least put them into contact with, you know, people like AJ and project Upland and, or Orvis. Uh, I've written some for, for Orvis or, or, uh, the Wyoming wildlife federation, trying to plug them into, Hey, you know, if, if you do want to write about conservation or, you know, your, your, um, your adventure to field, or you're just wanting to provide information kind of like what I, what I do, um, kind of give them a, a platform where to start and, and what I've learned and who helped me. Um, so that has now changed, you know, it's just another thing that I've added that besides mentoring the out, actually in the field i'm trying to mentor other people um when asked you know hey i'm i want to get into writing or or photography and and again i don't know anything about photography but at least you know i've made contacts on hey if you want to do this you may want to reach out to these people and you know see what they have to offer or you know explain to them what what you have to offer or what your plan is yeah and i even so i think it kind of goes back to you not being the expert where i find your advice even more valuable in that in that respect is if you had like one piece of advice for someone who's like i you know for myself for me give give me this advice if for someone who wants to write for a magazine they just have something on their heart they want to write about what would you just what would you say to them especially if they're like yourself they really you know, aren't a seasoned writer necessarily. They just love what they talk about. Uh, I would say <clears throat> my advice would be be uh, honest with yourself in, in the form of, you know, be, uh, being truthful and don't try to come across as an expert, but try to um, provide what you know. Um, because I... I when I first started writing, I'm like, man, I don't, I, I don't know anything. But the more I started writing and I started learning, well, gosh, you know, I, I do have a little bit of, uh, of information um, or advice that I could give. And and you, I, th- I think a lot of people will find that the way they hunt or how they hunt is, you you know, we all hunt differently. Doesn't matter, you know, whether, like I said, whether we're deer hunters or turkey hunters, I may hunt pheasants a different way than what you do up in, you know, um, in Iowa or someone from Nebraska or, Mm -hmm. you know, and so that's all I've tried to do is, is just try to put down on paper and in words what I know in the hopes that it may be, of value to someone else reading it. And that's in and, and, and everything that I, that I write, that's how I've, I, I always start out an, an article or a story um, um, like that. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes complete sense. Yeah. I love it. I love hearing that. I, I think it, it depends on the form, but I think there are some things that are, you know, in a world of screens and social media and everything, 
I think there are things that are simpler and nostalgic that are trending and coming back and people are finding a lot of joy in and I think writing and just reading those stories is one of them it definitely is a thing for me and I think that's exciting for people I mean really what I've heard over and over again whether it's with the podcast or photography or writing or video any of it was just to do it <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the just just do it and if it, it blows up in your face you learn something and do it better next time uh but it's still very intimidating I, I say this over and over that I want to write and I feel like I have a lot of things I could say and give perspective on but then when I go to put the pen to paper you know I'm just judging myself and worrying too much and it gets you gets me all up in knots because I get excited and I'm like oh maybe this isn't good enough oh uh, I I I completely understand and I I'm still like that I was when I when I first wrote the first you know, one or two articles, uh, and and most of the content that I provide uh, Project Upline is, I, I guess, if you would want to say, like informational. You know, just the way uh, I hunt, um, or I, how I have hunted birds, and and uh, if you want to say tactics, and you know, advice on 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 where to hunt, how to hunt. At the type of habitat, I was so afraid, you know, when I sent it in, um, that I was going to get an email uh, back saying, "This is horrible. We can't, you know, we can't use it. You know, better luck next time." Yeah. And, and and I, you know, I have I have had emails saying, "Hey, this is not going to work for us," and that just makes you know me grow as a as a writer and as well, you know, being honest with myself too, um, and and you know receiving constructive criticism but um yeah i think anyone who who's interested in, in writing they just need to do it you know just use your own experiences and you know try to remember back when you were first hunting and and i think you're going to find that you have a lot to offer you know especially uh, a buddy of mine uh aaron woodward who, who's who writes for uh, project upland too and he's a brand new bird hunter and he's going through the same thing is trying to figure out like what to write or how to write. And, and I'm telling him he's got a, he's got a good niche because he's a, a brand new bird hunter. So everything he's experiencing um, is going to be new. And then he's going to, he should be able to uh, portray that and put that down on paper and hopefully help other brand new, you know, beginning new bird hunters you know, and, and, and what he's learning and how he's learning. Yeah. Yeah. What is your, uh, so I think I've seen you talk about snipe and dove and quail and grouse and pheasant, just to name a few things. Do you have a favorite? I, 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 I do. And I did. It it seems (laughs) <laughs> it seems this season, this past year, um, it has changed about three times. <laughs> um, my my favorite upland bird um, growing up, um, to answer your question, growing up would be pheasant because that's what my dad hunted. And then it changed to bobwhite quail. 
when I was when I was introduced to prairie chicken several years ago, that was my favorite bird. Yeah. Then I found that Kansas has uh, a small population of scale quail, and for several years that was my favorite bird. And that's if you want to say the logo of Hunt Birds is is a uh, is a blue quail. Well, that changed this past year. When I met Dave Mayers, uh, a retired biologist in southern Missouri, through Instagram, invited myself and, and my buddy Sam Wells down to hunt woodcock on public land. And we got into so many birds, and I was just so enamored and surprised. Most people think of you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, the upper north woods for woodcock. I never knew that you could get into so many birds on public lands, you know, four hours away from me, you know, and, and woodcock. I just never, you know, never would have thought of that. Yeah. And just they hold so well for dogs and they were just so fun to hunt. So that was my favorite bird up until I went to Arizona a couple months ago. And then I got into gambles and merms and so i'm not so right now it's kind of up in the air between desert quail and i'm really still uh in love with uh with hunting woodcock but i'm sure you know as soon as the season starts i'll i'll start off with prairie chicken and, and my love will go back to to chasing you know kansas's uh prairie grouse but uh so i i, I it seems like i've been jumping around <laughs> uh every time I, I get into uh, the opportunity to hunt a new bird. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I was just interviewed on a podcast uh, last week, uh, Where to Hunt podcast, and they asked me my favorite, my favorite hunt, my most memorable hunt. And I, I really had a hard time. I had a really similar answer to what you just gave me. I said it's always my first one, my last one, and my next one. Because yeah. the first one's like so ingrained in my head because it's my first memory and I knew I was hooked with my dad, very similar to you. And it, it was waterfowl. Waterfowl is not necessarily my favorite thing, but I love it. And that memory is just so ingrained in me, like everything about it. But then it doesn't matter if it's deer or turkey or the pheasant hunt that I just did. I'm still thinking about that hunt I was just on. And then once I plan my next one, you know, I'm all giddy about what that experience is going to be like. And, uh, it's hard for me to choose. Yeah. Yeah. And like, especially when it's a new, a new type of species, um, or I went, we went, um, buddies of mine we went to wyoming two years ago for, for sage grouse and uh I, I would say it's my favorite bird i mean i the experience was just breathtaking the scenery the, the you know the different landscape the bird itself um and i hope to return one day um but you know it was just it, for me, just, you know, every every bird is, is special to me. You know, I, I love hunting snipe. You know, it's fun. It's, uh, it, to me, it's just like dove hunting. It's very social, loud. You know, you don't have to be quiet or, you know, you know stealthily approaching, you know, the birds, you know. I, I, at least 
the way we hunt snipe or where we get into snipe it's just it's loud and people yelling you know people you know there's a bird behind you above you and there's a lot of shooting um and you know an hour later you know we're in you know we're chasing bob white you know and, and then not as soon as i do that i you know my all those feelings come back to you know i always for me i always just start recalling you know how it all began for me and i i love that so each each bird for me is, is special and has its own place in my heart and and you know especially if i get to share it with my dad and he just because he doesn't get out as much as he he's able to yeah yeah definitely is he your favorite hunting partner you think um yeah like i said he doesn't get out as much because yeah. uh, of his knees and walking especially the terrain so when we do get out it's usually waterfowl dove you know something easy or if i know that we're it's going to be an easy walk um you know there's no way he could he, he's gone out prairie chicken hunting with me on the in the flint hills um and which is um can be a little bit tough i mean they're not you know mountains obviously but uh, we've got some pretty good size hills um here and um, um so it, it could be a little bit daunting uh for him to to get up and down those but uh, yeah anytime i i get to spend with with my dad is um is special in of itself but as far as i'd say my best friend hutch uh there's about four of us that are um we're we're always hunting together um and we're talking throughout the year you know we've got a, a group text going year round my wife is like you know we're a bunch of schoolboys. you know talking we're trying we're either planning the next hunt or we're you know, one of us is not with the other one, you know, um, the other one or two can step in and, and we, we hunt, you know, all year round, you know, Wyoming, Arizona, we, we all try to make the trips together. Yeah. That's super cool. I, I know that it seems like, and maybe it's just the world that I follow and that I'm in. I, I've worked a lot more on some of my solo hunting and just being accountable for myself. But at the end of the day, I, I really enjoy hunting with other people. Like I like that solitude too, but yeah, I, when you have like a good hunting buddy, it just makes, it can make the whole hunt sometimes whether you're successful or not. Oh yeah. And like I said, I, I solo hunt uh, quite a bit. Um, but, uh, I do find, um, like you said, the solitude, just being out there, you know, uh, just myself and my thoughts and, and just to get away from work. Um, but it, it is a whole lot funner. And like I said, it, we've got a really good group of guys and we all mesh uh, very well. We're all on the same, you know, we don't, we don't care about limits. You know, if, if, if my buddy uh, Hutch gets a bird, I am just as happy, you know, if, if I had shot it myself, I, I would rather much have the other guys shoot. We're really good about, you know, when we're hunting, if, if myself or someone else gets into a bird and they, it just seems like it, it's automatic. 
um, that the that we let allow the other ones to move in, you know, to get positioned mm-hmm. um, for them to get um, to get a bird or, or or the chance, you know, for for a flushing bird. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, I have two things I'm wondering, and but before I jump into those two questions. Was there anything else that you wanted to share or talk about in particular? Uh, no, not really. I was just, uh, just kind of following what uh, you know what you wanted to okay. to, to talk about, but uh, yeah. no, not uh, not not anything I could uh, um, I can think of at the top of my head. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, my next two questions. Uh, my first question is what is your most memorable hunt? My most memorable hunt. And uh, that's, I would have to say, every time, actually I was thinking about this the other day, (laughs) it would have to be, it's with it's with my father it's um you know i i learned so much from him um and every time he loved um hunting pheasants he he you know if we got into bob white or prairie chicken you know that was great but he he liked hunting pheasants and i always remember i was always just so surprised and in awe that my dad for for, we had a britney when when we were growing up and and then we ended up losing the dog and so for there was a time that we did not have a dog so it was just you know just me and my dad and we got into a lot of birds and it, it was because my dad was just such a he knew habitat he knew how to look and see into a field and knew where the birds were at. And I always remember that as my dad and I would walk by ourselves, especially like Milo or Cornrows, my dad could see birds, you know, 50, 75 yards out, um, crouch down, you know, as roosters do as they're trying to sneak in, in and out of the Cornrows and Milo rows. Um, and watching my dad see these birds and then, you know, hold his hand up and then make sure to position me in a, in a, in a, in a spot so I could get the first shot. And he always did that. And I always just remember those times that me and him, you know, would hit the field together, um, so it's not really just one hunt. I, I, for me, it's just every time that I hunted with my dad, especially during those years that, you know, it was just me and him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's super cool. That's like what I hope all of this is all about with the podcast is just is stuff like that. Cause I, I think there's a perception sometimes of hunters or outdoorsmen and I just, I love hearing those stories and connection and that time together uh, outside. I, I just, I think it's everything. And I just, I love that story. Yeah. I, and I, I think, 
because because he always wanted me to have the first shot and and actually i've never thought of that until now i think maybe that is why when i'm with someone i i try to i I would rather much have the other person get the first bird that was always in that's always in the back of my head when i'm hunting so you know and i'm glad that my dad you know you know instilled that in me you know subliminally you know you know he he was just he was you know i i would think he was probably just more he wanted me to experience that uh as opposed to him shooting the first bird i mean it was always like that and you know that's 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 caused me to to be that way with you know with other people when i'm hunting so yeah that's that's really cool that that always letting you take the first shot that's um yeah like subliminally that pro- maybe that was on purpose or may- or maybe not yeah you, you picked it up either way that's super cool yeah uh huh. <laughs> I'm glad we had this this time. Yeah, <laughs> to have you realize that—that's super cool. <laughs> I've never, I've, I really, I never thought about that. I just, I, huh, I'll have to tell him that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. really neat. I love that so much. Uh, and my last question, I, I, and then when I started this podcast, I used to ask everybody this, and then I stopped. I'm like, oh, why don't I ask everyone this anymore? Um, so, what is your next adventure? Well, I I don't know, and, and and the reason is, like I said, to go back on the group of guys that I hunt with. There's, well, I guess count myself. There's five of us, and like I said, we we hunt together. We always do two or three trips, all of us together, and then throughout the season, it's just you know whoever can get with with each other. With that being said we once the season ends we are always in constant communication Mm -hmm. and because of the current situation we are not able to get together we all live here locally within the metro area but we have not yet got together to discuss where we're going to go and we we've, we've always done that and that's how the wyoming trip came about arizona even though it was just two of us you know, we've gone to Nebraska, um, Missouri. So I know that um, uh, my buddy Dan, I know he has mentioned North Dakota for sharptails and pheasants and huns. Uh, we've discussed going back to Wyoming, um, uh, Colorado. Uh, a trip was planned a year and a half ago, but we we were unable to do it for uh, sage and like uh, dusky grouse. Uh, so I, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, we're going to be, we'll be chasing birds throughout Kansas, you know, obviously, but uh, any specific place, I, I really don't know. We, we, we really haven't discussed it. My guess would be we'll, we'll probably go north. It would not surprise me if we, if we do, you know, North Dakota, but our group were so versatile that 
you know, tomorrow, if it was the season, we'd get a, someone would get a phone call and someone said, hey, let's go to Iowa. Two or three of us would, you know, start making plans and researching and, you know, we would be by the weekend, we'd be on the road. Uh, we're, we're really good about just taking off at the spur of the moment and and our adventures are just, you know, uh, materialize. Uh, rather quickly as long as we can convince our wives to uh, that we could you know go away for a couple of days <laughs> so yeah. yeah if that answers your question right now I, I, I do not know I, I have a I have a suspicion that we'll probably end up somewhere north sure. North Dakota yeah but yeah well very cool. it, it, as long as it, if we can get into a new bird or the same bird but in a different state, in a different environment, that's that's just as exciting for us as well. If that, you know, yeah, oh, a lot of people just wanted. Some people just wanted a, a different bird or different species. We're really good about. Hey, we'll chase pheasants in Iowa or in Nebraska. You know, because sometimes it's it's a different landscape, different habitat. So it, if it in, Balls, bob white and pheasant and chickens in, in another state that'll be that'll be great yeah is there is there a species that you haven't gotten into that you really want to uh rough grouse yeah yes um that is on my 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 bucket list i mean there's a whole you know i i haven't gotten into sharp tails um any of the or you know the spruce grouse, dusky grouse, but I think rough grouse. I think that would be something that we would be able to do. Minnesota is not too far. Um, I, I've heard. I've done a little bit of research. I've heard there's some rough grouse in Iowa, up in the northeast corner. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't think there's a whole bunch of which it, yeah. that that would that would not that would not um, that wouldn't have anything to do. Uh, with us not going we would still go and try sure. you know um our attempt to, to get into some rough grouse but uh for me uh, minnesota's close by um i've had some invitations by some other bird hunters or at least hey you know we'll point you in the right direction or, or you know a specific you know general area um but i think rough grouse would be doable uh i i think the walking in that type of thick uh, trees i mean i just have this picture of you know every time you pull up your shotgun and hitting you know some saplings and uh yeah i think it'd be a, a really tough uh and unique hunt yeah that'd be so cool i there's one i was just talking about this with a friend yesterday there's a one episode of meat eater where he's in Alaska and he's shooting grouse, like he lays on his back and shoots the grouse from the trees. And, oh, yes, yes. Oh, yes. my gosh. I just think that is the, I don't know why out of all the episodes, that one I've played over and over. I just love that and I want to do that so badly. I, I have the, no idea why. <laughs> the the, sooty, the sooty grouse. Yeah. Sooty yes, grouse. Yep, yes. Sooty grouse. Yep. Yep. I just, I, I watched that uh, again. Um, uh, so to yourself, probably about the, for the tenth time, the two or three part episode, and yeah, I, I think uh, 
using the 22 would be different. I mean, you know, but I understand, you know, the reasoning behind it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that would just, you know, the glass and, you know, to even locate those, you know, th- those birds, it'd be just the whole, whole trip would be an adventure and just such a unique experience. Yeah. It's just nothing I had seen before. And yeah. I, there's a lot I haven't seen, you know, but for whatever reason, that just seemed like such a cool thing. And then that, them on the shores, like cooking it up and eating it, like the whole, the whole thing. I yeah. want to be a part of that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I think a lot of people, especially for me, I think a lot of people tend to um, maybe not forgive, but may not be they may not be um, informed that their states offer um, much more than what they really think. And, yeah. and I and I and I and I mean, like for me, I mentioned scale quail. You know, for years, you know, when I asked my dad, I go, did you know that Kansas had scale quail? He said, no, I never, you know, I never heard, you know, I never read anything or you never heard anything. Other people talking about it. I, I read an article uh, in, in an Upland magazine and I thought this has got to be an error. You know, there's no way. And it just so my point is, you know, uh, I think a lot of people need to do, you know, some research and I think they'll find more opportunities than they think they know that their state offers, yes. you know, like snipe here in Kansas. I, you know, three years ago, I never would have thought that, you know, and I just learned a couple months ago that Woodcock, um, migrate through, you know, the Southeastern portion, uh, of Kansas. And I've talked to hunters that get into a lot of birds, like crazy amount of birds, and I would have never known that if I didn't, you know, do research or read or, or reach out. And, you know, and you're in Iowa, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I keep on hearing stories that Iowa has Hungarian partridge in small pockets. And I've talked to hunters saying they're up here. You just got to get into them. And I, we've talked about coming up to Iowa you know, I'll shoot pheasants and quail. That's fine. But I, I want to get into huns. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I've talked to other people from Iowa saying I've never heard of such a thing. And I, so I, I think it's important for people to kind of dive into their own state and they may discover, hey, there's, there's something new that I could, you know, possibly get into and, yes. and, and check out. I love that point. And I've heard of um, Hungarian partridge before, but not in Iowa. And I just wrote that down as a reminder to myself to look into it because I think that's so cool. And I think that's a great point. I, I think, um, I'm a recruiter by day. So a lot of my, a lot of my day, I'm talking to people from other States and convincing them or not convincing them to come to Iowa for jobs because people, this is not a state, you know, the Midwest isn't necessarily an area people gravitate towards, Uh, besides for a job maybe and cost of living and I just being a hunter being an outdoorsman I think Iowa the Midwest is a wonderful place to be and I love continuing to learn about what my state and the area offers and I just love that point because 
some people just think I have a lot of family on the east and west coast too and they just think Iowa in the Midwest in general is super boring <clears throat> and I don't yeah. agree <laughs> yeah I, I agree with you um, yeah <laughs> I, I think uh, uh, yeah I think you know there are obviously there are other states that you know that where people gravitate towards you know for hunters sure. you know you yeah. know South Dakota obviously has you know the pheasant capital of the world and and then you've got the north woods with you know you know that's a whole different culture up there you know with the rough grouse and woodcock and and you know and like i said nebraska kansas iowa you know are known for you know pheasants you know and, and quail but i think there's just you know there could be much more and i think a lot of people forget about that or they just they they may just not know and like i said you know with the woodcock in kansas or like i said i for years I've been hearing about hunts in Iowa and, and I've talked to people saying, Oh yeah, I, I shoot, you know, a couple dozen a year. And that just, for me, that's just another adventure. I, this makes me want to go to Iowa for the chance of maybe getting into a covey of hunts, you know, where you don't have to, you don't have to travel to North Dakota or Montana to get into hunts. You can, you can go to Iowa, you know, now, you know, they're not going to be in such great numbers, but the opportunity is there and it makes that trip just much more exciting. Yeah. I think. Yeah. That's yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Uh, Edgar, thank you so much for making this work and your time. Uh, where can, where can people find you and, and hear more from you? Um, well, uh, they can follow me on, um, Instagram, um, at hunt birds with a Z. Um, if they're, if people are interested in, uh, reading some of my material, um, you can go to project upland, uh, type my na- my name in and, you know, you can find uh, a variety of, of articles on uh, things that I've written about, um, as far as, um, in the uplands and I, I I've written for, for Orvis, uh, Wyoming Wildlife Federation, um, and, and a couple of other um, uh, venues. I mean, if you type in Upland Hunting and, and then my name, I'm sure a couple things will pop up. But uh, I appreciate you uh, asking me to do this. Um, and uh, uh, thanks for having me on your, on your podcast as a guest. And hopefully I was able to provide you with what you were looking for or at least you know some information that would that'll help uh your listeners and uh, if there's anything that i could ever do you know for you in any way just you know feel free to reach out to me and you know we have our i've got your contact information and email and like i said uh, shoot me an email or you know maybe maybe we can uh, get a hunt in or, or something or if you ever come to kansas i'll, I'll try to get you on birds and you know, maybe we could collaborate on, on uh, some future projects or, or, or anything, really. That'd be so cool. A hundred times, yes. That, that'd be so cool. I was just talking to my brother uh, yesterday about going to Kansas for a turkey hunt uh, coming up. So, obviously, that's, a, you know, that's pretty soon. But I have an extra, I've never been to Kansas. So, uh-huh. uh, it doesn't even have to be Kansas. We could meet up in Iowa or wherever, too. But yep. that would be super cool. I really, really appreciate it. And this was more than I was looking for. <laughs> so. Well, I'm glad I was able to help. I, 
yeah i i've only i've done about four podcasts i don't i don't like talking about myself sure. at all but uh it, it i've gotten a little bit more used to it and like <laughs> as long as it, it as long as it helps you and what you're after and if it helps other people then that's that's good yes yes same hearing hearing my own voice took me a minute uh it it was really painful for me but (coughs) i really just want to empower and encourage and educate people and learn myself along the way i am learning probably more than half of the people that listen to this podcast i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) so it's yeah it's been a pleasure and an honor to talk to you and to get to know you and i really really appreciate it thank you so much again thank you so much edgar for your time and really being a mentor to me and encouraging me to get my work out there i appreciate the heck out of you and what you do for conservation and upland birds and i love your stuff everybody please go follow him he's a great writer and a really inspirational hunter for sure And thank you everybody out there that's listening as always. I am working on some things for the website right now, including a blog to get my own writings out there and share some of my stories and experiences. I hope I've encouraged some of you to do the same. Until next time.